Welcome to another episode of The Root of All Business. This is your host, Chaz Bear, and today's guest is Dr. Benjamin Ritter. He is a Chicago-based leadership and empowerment coach, a national speaker, consultant, a mentor, a teacher. His passion is about guiding others in finding, creating, and sustaining a career they love. His one motto and his consulting firm is called Live For Yourself. In this episode, we are going to talk about how to self-empower yourself at work. Um, he's going to share his insights, um, his work that he's done with uh, around the country with organizations, with leaders on self-empowerment. Um, so let's welcome Dr. Benjamin. Thank you for joining us. Uh, today we have Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. He's a founder of uh, uh, Live For Yourself. He does consulting work on and leadership empowerment. He's a speaker, consultant, mentor, teacher. His passion is about getting, guiding others into finding and creating sustainable careers they love. Welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you so much. Today we want to talk about empowerment, empowerment at work, um, you know, empowering your employees and self-empowerment. But before we kind of touch on that, I just want to talk about a little bit about your journey and into doing the work you're doing at the moment. How, how did you start off? Yeah, so I have a background in organizational leadership, uh, healthcare, entrepreneurship, and coaching. And I, I actually, uh, when I was working in healthcare, was promoted into an executive level position. And that promotion made me reflect a little bit about how I was feeling about my current job and where I wanted to go in my career. Uh, ultimately, I was pretty disengaged. I was underutilized. I felt pretty stuck. And you know, I realized at that point that I never really made a choice uh, on, on what I wanted to do. Like in the past, when I was younger, I kind of had an idea and I went for it. But what happened kind of in the middle of the recession in the United States was like between 2010, 2012, it was really difficult to, to work in public health policy, which is what I was really passionate about at the time. And so I kind of took whatever came to me. And that was this, this position in healthcare. Um, and at the same time, like I was making money as a side hustling coach because I ended up, long story there, I got recruited into a company that utilized some of my skills. And then I kind of branched off from them and kept building a business. And so I'm at this point in my career where all of a sudden now I have enough of a background and the market's good enough where I can actually make a decision about where I want to go. And I figured out, well, where I'm going isn't where I want to go. <laughs> so I, I, I really took a look at kind of what I was good at, you know, what I was trained to do, uh, what I cared about, like my purpose and passion and what I wanted to learn in the future. And that, that really led me into people development and talent management um, and, and coaching in a way, like incorporating my coaching skill sets in, into that like career path. And I tried to go down that path in a ton of different ways. I tried to craft my current job. I tried to get a new position. Um, and really, the path that took off, the path of least resistance, was actually launching my own business. And you know, I've been doing that route for the past three and a half years with some contract work, some, some workshops, but a lot of coaching work. And you know, looking forward into, into my career path and where that's going to lead, I think it, it also, that, that it, I think it's kind of up in the air in a way, but it's all going to include leadership development and personal and professional uh, coaching. Sure. Okay. And that kind of, kind of translating into, you know, um, where did you get the idea of creating like live for yourself? What was your kind of experience of um, what kind of, kind of triggered that? It's, it's very, I'm very curious to know. It's, it's a very interesting title, I must say. 
Yeah, it's it's an evolution, and so I'll try to kind of give glimpses into into the long yeah. story. Uh, so when I was when I was an undergrad, when I was in university, I was really unhappy with who I was as an individual, and that was because I focused completely. I wanted to be a professional soccer player, and so I dedicated all my time, my energy, into practicing three times a day. It was the only thing I would watch on TV. It was the only thing I cared about. It's how I defined myself, and then. Uh, fell apart, basically. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not playing professional soccer. <laughs> I didn't go to the UK, play for a little bit. Uh, so now I'm here uh, in, in the US and my entire identity is crushed and I don't know who I am. I have no friends because I haven't invested in relationships. Uh, I have no clear path of what I want to do in life because I never really thought about that outside of, outside of sport. Uh, and I had, and I, honestly, I was like kind of socially awkward, right? Because I haven't really spent time with people. And, and so I had to, you know, I needed to change that. I kind of hit rock bottom. And so I dove into the realm of personal and professional development. I am you know, very action oriented. I started researching. I read every book I could find, listened to every podcast I could find if, if they were even around then, <laughs> and then uh, watched as many videos as I could find. And I became very passionate about the subject and coaching became part of my life, but not as a profession. And so, you know, from then on, I, I kind of became more and more of an expert on the field. And it didn't really dawn on me that it could be a career until I was out at a bar having a drink, being social with everyone I could find there by myself. And someone came up to me and said, you need, you need to go meet my boss. And I said, okay, I don't know who your boss is, but I'll, I'll go meet him. And the next day I actually ended up getting hired to run a nationwide bootcamp program for men on, on social dynamics and, and basically personal coaching. Uh, and then from there, uh, because I needed, I needed a little bit I needed money because of the recession and the market and things like that that were going on. I branched off about a year later, uh, launched my own business and, and wanted to operate in a way that was more aligned with who I was. Like I didn't really feel connected with the company that I was working with. You know, I, I wanted to, to feel better about the work that I was doing, even though I didn't, like, it wasn't really a career path that I chose. I mean, during that time, you know, my mind really, really focused on this idea of value congruence and, are you living true to who you are? And when I was dedicated to soccer, when I was, you know, looking at just becoming more social, like I was very much not, I was very much invested in, in something that was not me. It wasn't truly who I was as an individual. It didn't really take into account like my personal values. Um, it didn't really uh, take into account um, like the, the true like my true, I don't want to say purpose because, but I, but identity. Um, and so focusing on values, I ended up creating like values workshops and I started going around to universities and working with kids and helping them explore, define and align their values. I moved away from like social dynamics and personal coaching and really thought I wanted to coach the individual on alignment and fulfillment. And then I had a bunch of experiences in the corporate environment where my, my leadership lacked direction. It lacked positivity and support. It lacked a true connection with who I was in a, as an individual. Um, and, and at that time, I also ended up getting paired up with a, with a leadership coach within my organization. He was the head of people within our organization. And I was paired up with him for 16 months of coaching. And even before, and before that, I received a different type of coaching as well. And so all these things came together, helping me form what I believed was most important for an individual's growth. And at that time, for me, I became incredibly passionate about creating work environments where people can feel empowered and engaged, but also more importantly, helping people become empowered and engaged to, to create that environment for themselves, to kind of take more control of their life. And I was on a plane going to LA because uh, I, I was getting my doctorate at the time 
and about a year into the program, and I said, okay, it's about time uh, that I figured out how I can make this a career. And I tried going through my organization. I tried looking for other jobs. And now this is, this is the path of least resistance, which is launching a business. I said, I need a model. I need a system. You know, what do I care about? What do I know that works? And I honestly, it's okay. I need an acronym <laughs> because people, people like acronyms and they're easily, easily, you know, can remember them. And I said, what, what has gotten me to where I am today? And I said, well, it's alignment. And well, what does alignment mean? What does it encompass? And I said, well, it encompasses your values, of course. The foundation are your values. But then those values have to feed into your goals. They have to feed into your beliefs. They have to feed into your actions. And they have to feed into your environment and what you believe about yourself and the people around you. And so Live was born, life, intentions, values, and expectations. And Live for Yourself, which is basically my slogan at all times, Live for Yourself, was, you know, became, it became... Uh, my my current life and how how I was living for myself. Wow! And hopefully that gives you a little bit of a a glimpse into how that kind of came to be. It does absolutely. Um, since we are on the kind of topic of that, and especially topic of you know you working with corporations and organizations and creating that the right environment or ideal environment for them to to thrive and grow. And why do you think now more than ever that's needed? Because the mindset, even 10, 20, let's say pre-internet age was, you come to work, you do your work, you go home. And why, why now this change of really looking after your employees and, 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 and you know, when you're working with companies I'm talking about, why is that not all of a sudden now changed? What's changed between then and now? Mm-hmm. I think we're in a very interesting phase and it might disappear in about 10 or 15 years or so, but we have a lot of personal development concepts that are out there in the world that aren't really truly defined. So you have people that are going into work and they're thinking that, you know, I need to be fully motivated. Or I need to be, I need to believe this is my purpose. I need to believe that everything I'm doing in the world has, you know, at work has impact. And so you have people that are going into work expecting more personal development, personal fulfillment, as well as like professional fulfillment and uh, professional development. And at the same time, I think we're uh, at least millennials, my age, younger, we're going into the workplace and, and we're imagining that we're going to be that CEO right, within six months. And so there's, there's a, I think there's, there's a lot of misled expectations um, as well as needs. And they, there should be those needs, I think, for individuals in the workplace and the options to then go to go f- fulfill those needs you know, after working for six months if, if you're not getting them or after a year or even worse, which tends to be the case, uh, you're going into work and you're disengaged. And you don't feel like your employer actually deserves your time and energy. And so you're working maybe an hour during the day, two hours during the day. And we have these lovely things called cell phones and the internet where we can actually avoid doing any, any work at all mm-hmm. during the day. And so organizations are losing out on productivity. They know they're having disengaged employees. So in actuality, it's not turnover they should be worried about, right? It's more so engagement and motivation. And then we're promoting, I think, you know, uh, so then in terms of leadership, like we have older leaders that aren't really fully like, they haven't really fully grasped some of the, these concepts in terms of how to actually individualize leadership and how to really connect with your employees and how, why that's needed. And then you have the sometimes younger leaders that haven't fully fully defined like what is you know what is engagement, what is motivation. And then in the middle realm, you have sometimes you know the need for greater management and directorial positions because of globalization and scaling. So you have people that aren't fully prepared for these positions that are going into them, and maybe they just are worried about scheduling and making sure the work's getting done. Uh, so I think this, it's this whole ocean, right, of reasons and why this is happening. Um, and I've just kind of listed only a few, right? It's like a drop. 
Yeah. Um, suppose what, what you're saying, in, in other words, is pretty much if you look at one, ex- one end of the stick, it's pretty much you have these, these older leaders who kind of, you know, perhaps very successful, but do not understand the new generation, the millennials, of how they like to work and the choice they have, perhaps, you know, they're not, gonna, not going to stay in the job for 10, 15, 30 years. They're going to be there for a couple of years if you're lucky. And they'll be off, you know, somewhere else where they can, it's, it's the next adventure and the next and the next one. Whereas the younger, you know, managers are not fully, really don't understand that it's a relationship is the new currency, if you like. Building that relationship, selling that, that mission and vision that people connect with, because people have choice now to work from anywhere, anytime. Uh, you know, they can create jobs out of thin air, if you like, almost. Perhaps that's the two kind of extremes in, in that. How do you kind of fill that gap then? In, in trying to get that right good balance. Obviously, you're not going to yeah. be able to take everybody's box, you know, box and get it 100% right. But kind of how do you bridge that gap? Mm-hmm. And there's some really unique companies out there that are even hiring life coaches as full-time positions. Like there, there are companies that have really great uh, talent management programs. And there are companies that just haven't even gotten started. Or they think like giving you a gold star next to your name is something that is going to keep you in an organization or just giving you a promotion, which isn't the case, but there is some really great stuff out there. And, you know, to, to be able to fill that gap, I think, of course, there's like the organizational interventions, right? So we're going to create talent management programs that are going to be focused on professional development. And not only are we going to help you like, you know, create a career path within our organization, but we're also going to focus on your own personal development. So as a leader, I'm going to connect with you and really figure out what work you love to do, what environment serves you, you know, what's going on in your life in a way that could potentially impact your, your levels of satisfaction at work. But then I think there also needs to be an, an individual, like employee intervention. And that's, I kind of operate on both areas where we're, empower, we're empowering individuals, right, to be able to not look to their organization to, to have them give them all of those things. You know, it's, I gave a talk on, on this topic a couple of times. And you know, I think I was, I made the mistake of thinking that my employer was supposed to give me meaning, right? Give me meaningful work. Right. But in definition, meaning is a personal emotion. And so how do we empower individuals as employees that even if they're going into a job that might not be best fit for them, they're able to be engaged, motivated, and be satisfied at work? Because also, like, it's, you know, we're going to have jobs over the course of our life. We, we have, I mean, we're going to have probably multiple career paths, actually. And all of those jobs are not going to be best fit for us. They're not going to fit into like our career sweet spot. And there are also just going to be things that we have to do to get to the next level. Like, I, I can't tell you how many hours a day I, I spent doing data analysis and data entry, you know, and, and so yeah. in, my, in my previous positions. Um, and even I know as an executive, I was still doing like PowerPoint presentations and things like, so how do you then understand, have those expectations of what work is actually supposed to be and still find a way to connect and find meaning in the work that you're doing each and every day. So long, story, long explanation, short organizational interventions and individual employee interventions. Right. And that's, that's how you kind of bridge that gap. And how do you kind of, uh, you know, an organization where who says, you know, we're we doing fine. You know, we, we haven't had any issues. We, here's an experience I'd like to share with you. So this is about six to seven months ago when I got into a conversation with someone and I said, how do you hire people? What's, what's your kind of process of hiring people? And they said, you know, I, or, sorry, it started off with, you know, how do you do interviews? How do you get the right people on your team? And how do you kind of make sure that they're the right fit? And, you know, do you have some sort of 
tests or trainings or psychometric tests, what, what do you do? And their answer was, you know what, well, I call the agency, um, I, I get them on the phone, I ask them a few questions, they can answer that they can do the job, I bring them in, if not, I'll fire them. So I hire them fast and fire them even faster, that kind of Gary Vaynerchuk kind of philosophy. And he goes, so far within, in, within my 10 years, I've only got four wrong out of God knows 50, 100 I've, I've got three or four wrong. Um, and not that they were wrong people, there's just that they, have, they had a stronger personality in trying to push their ideas rather than checking to see if everybody agrees or you know, the right people agree with it to go forward. So how do you, what do you say to people like that and moving forward? Is it, in your, in your view, is it, is it changing to the point where people will now ask, you know, the new workforce, the new generation will now ask, you know, what kind of programs you have? How am I going to develop? Is that going to be moving forward a big part? Well, I mean, he must be doing something right internally if only four people <laughs> had to have been fired, right? If no, I don't know if anyone's quitting or not. Uh, I'd be curious to hear that a little bit because, yes, hiring is a, is a very big deal because turnover can cost a lot of money to an organization, especially if you spend, you know, three to six months training somebody, getting them onboarded, and then they end up being the bad, like the wrong fit. Uh, but, you know, my specialty isn't really in, in hiring and assessing at that point. I think that there are a lot of different strategies you, you can use in terms of exploring, you know, for value fit, um, looking at what the needs are in the department, et cetera. And, uh, but internally, right, that guy must be doing something right if only four people have left. Uh, for some reason, they must be engaged. For some reason, they must be making enough money. Um, and, and there must be some sort of culture or, or family orientation in a way that, that keeps people loyal to his organization. So, so what is, uh, I guess, specifically your question in that instance or that, that, that situation that maybe I can answer a little bit better? So, so in, in the sense that, uh, you know, we, there, there are certain situations now, you know, with that specific organization, they were more of a big bank, you know, an insurance bank. And what I'm trying to get at is primarily those sects, kind of sectors are primarily money focused rather than culture focused, if you like. And how does a middle manager or a manager who's hiring someone or, or have someone in their team, let's say, for example, who's been working there for a number of years and don't, doesn't feel motivated and wants to move on and try something else. And eventually everybody else will. How do you then create that environment? I mean, you move, working in companies, do you target, would you say, uh, if, if someone comes to you with that kind of situation, would you say, no, it needs to come from right at the top or something that can be implemented just where the person is, where you yeah. can create that right kind of environment for people? Because remember, the bigger the corporation, the harder, the, the more resistance it's going to create because if they have people above them, people, you know, look below them. So there's a lot of bureaucracy of thing. Everything's working fine. They don't want to work here. Get rid of them. Get someone else in. So how do you kind of change that or work with that? Yeah, starting off with the employee and then kind of moving into the, the leadership role. So first off, employees have to actually understand why they're going to work each and every day. Like, what is the meaning behind what they're doing? And if it's money, then great, understand that and be grateful for the fact they have a job. If it's because you're trying to get, you know, to that executive level, oh, great, understand that. Then you can be grateful for why you have your job right? and you can take on certain level, like certain types of projects and stuff. But really, what gets you up each and every day? Um, because, you know, the most important uh, leader, the most important leader in your life, right, standing right in front of the mirror, right, it's you. And so every day you go into work, you have a choice. You have a choice to be resentful. You have a choice to be disengaged. You have a choice to be motivated. You have a choice not to be. And so first off, it comes, it comes from an internal, internal place of I'm going to enjoy today as much as possible. And even if you have a leader that is not fully supportive 
it's, it's not also allowing that to impact you because you have greater meaning great at work. Like if it's to, if it's to move up a couple levels, it's like, okay, great. This person said something, but it doesn't affect or impact the actual reason I'm at work each and every day. So that meaning can really keep you pretty solid and engaged despite anything else, as long as you can understand the purpose behind what you're trying to do. And there are strategies to remind yourself of that, to discover that, but that's, that's like the first step. And the next step is to take a look at the work you're actually doing and to see if it's actually going to lead you towards whatever meaning you feel behind the work that you're doing. So if you do want a higher level position, what type of work do you need to start doing? If you do want to learn certain different skill sets, what projects can you get involved in, even in a bank, right? Who can you learn from? Who can you talk to? Who can you schedule meetings to? And then how can you spend more of your time on the actual work that you love to do? And if you don't love to do certain work, how can you create a, a, a more positive environment while you have to do that work, right? Is it music? Is it being around people you enjoy? Or is it going to your, going to your employer and saying, this, need, this work needs to be delegated, this isn't really fit into my career goals and having that type of conversation? Uh, and then it's very much also looking at your environment and the people you work with and saying, Who, who's a bad apple here? Who do I need to move away from a little bit? Who am I letting pull me down? Is there someone constantly complaining about how they need to find a new job? Well, that's going to impact you and poison your mind. And who are the people that are amazing to be around? Who are the people that are go-getters? Who are the people that are moving up? Who are the people that like you and trust you and love you? And how can you spend more time with them or interact with them more on your break, right? And so if you, maybe you can't work with them all day, but you can find a way to create little highs throughout your day to keep you more engaged and keep you more interested. And that's, that's really the employee intervention. It's what's the work that you love? Are you focusing on the work? You know, what's the social environment like? And even looking at the resources that you have to do your job, like making your job as easy as possible. And then also, what's the meaning behind what you're doing? What are your goals? Like, what is the purpose behind the work that you do each and every day? And I think if each employee has that type of training and ha has the empowerment to kind of focus on those things and mold them and craft them to who they are, that we're, we're taking the first step forward, right? We almost don't even need a leadership intervention, uh, which comes next. Okay. It seems like, uh, you know, when you, you talked a little bit about, you know, the person... In the, the the most important leader is the one that you see in the mirror. You mentioned earlier on. It seems like you do a lot of mindset work. A lot a lot of people, you know, wake up in the morning and don't think about, you know, I'm gonna go and enjoy my day today. I'm gonna enjoy my work and I'm gonna find meaning in it, or I'm gonna make sure I I I, I find things that are interesting and kind of they're not as self aware as you are yourself. So, so is there any kind of work that you ask people to or recommend that people do in trying to get into that zone and think think like that? Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of things you can do. You can First off, just sit down with your with a piece of paper and write down the things that you really value about your work, and what you're grateful. What are you grateful for? And create a running list of that and review it each and every day, or pick something each and every day that you're grateful for. Gratitude is very powerful, as much as even as overused as I think it's as it's spoken about. Um, you can sit down and, and explore your values. Right? What are the memories within my career that have really stuck out to me? That have really made me feel connected and like I was making it an impact, and I felt like I was just just really in a state of flow and write those memories out and pull a couple keywords from there, a couple themes. And those are really hinting at your personal values. And you go, you know, how am I living true to these each and every day I go into work? How can I review these and understand that if you stay connected to those values, if you integrate them into your work life and your own personal life, that you'll feel more connected each day. So that's a little bit more work that you, that you can do, right? I, I kind of briefly went over those, uh, but you can also map out your career. So map out your career path and see how the job you're in right now plays a role in like the bigger picture in the story. And you can create multiple versions, multiple futures of, of, the, of where you're going to go in life, but how your current role is actually helping you get there. 
And again, it just helps you be, you know, feel more grateful, helps you feel more aligned. Um, but it's something that you need to remind yourself on a daily basis, especially if you're, if you're in a toxic environment, which can yeah. make it a lot harder. Sure. No, no, obviously you work with organizations and then, you, you know, with, with, with people and, and um, you know, you do talks. What's been the kind of most challenging thing for you so far in your kind of career working with individuals or organizations? What's been more kind of for you challenging and baffling of, you know, this, this is something, yeah, which, which you kind of find really challenging. Yeah. One of, the, one, of the, one of the questions that always comes up in any workshop is, you know, what do you do with problem employees from a leader? Right. And, and from employees, what do you do with a shitty leader? <laughs> if I can swear. Sorry. <laughs> right, if, I, okay. if I can't. Am I allowed to? I don't know. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Okay. And it, it's funny that that tends to come up all the time because they're like two, you know, they're like total opposites, right? What do I do with like a bad leader? What do I do with a bad employee? And probably both of them are saying the same thing about each other. <laughs> yeah, I hope not from the same company. <laughs> um, and so it all, it all, like first off, as a leader, right, you don't have bad employees. You don't like you can't, you can't look at your employees and judge them like that. You can, you can understand like their work ethic. You can understand, you know, uh, maybe they're not meeting a certain level of productivity that you need, or maybe they're late, or maybe they have a bad attitude, but it's like, if you label them and you judge them consistently, you're not going to be able to actually lead them. Um, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to make, you're going to write them off. You're going to stop caring. You're going to become resentful. And the same thing with an employee. If you look at your leader and you say, this person's a shitty leader and you're going to label them, become resentful and start holding things against them. All of a sudden now you are changing how you act based on how someone else is acting towards you which in a work environment, which is really goal oriented, you're so like you're trying to achieve something for yourself, it can really steer you the wrong, on the wrong path. And so working with leaders to help them renew, like try to renew that trust with their employees that they perceive as, as negative employees is sometimes really tough because they've built up this story about that person that is preventing them from actually leading them from a positive way. And the same thing for an employee. If you, if you don't have any respect for your leadership, then it's going to be very hard for you to care about the work that you do. And you're going to stress yourself out each and every day. And so dealing, you know, like creating kind of wiping the slate clean for leaders and employees is, is probably one of the hardest things within this work. Wow. Oh, okay. That's, that's very interesting because uh, I, I can see, um, I, I actually have that, seen that quite a lot of times where from both perspectives of, you know, of how do you, how do you make sure that when you give your, so this situation happened where this person was given the freedom to, you know, this is, this is a job, as long as you deliver, I don't care how it's done, you have the freedom, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you to it. So that's a very empowering place to be in, where you're like, I'm going to get the job done, regardless, you know, I have the power to do that. Where this person started to misuse that power, I was very interested in knowing your view, how do you, how do you make sure these people do not take that the wrong way? Because um, there's a lot of talk about, you know, entrepreneurship and, you know, giving people the opportunity and also the freedom to actually do, do what they do best and do it on their own terms. And, you know, as long as they get the job done, that's the key thing. But how do you kind of balance that between not inflating their ego at the same time? How do you kind of get that balance right? Are you, are you speaking in terms of like, so you, there's an employee that has full autonomy over their work. They can work whenever they want, however they want, as long as they hit their goals. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, more and more companies are moving that way. And I've seen that in an organization where not everybody does that, but eventually few employees really started to, they started to impact other people. Um, and they didn't, they had, they had a very successful culture, but it was just a few bad apples, if you like, 
like that. Um, but you could see that one person does it, then it goes to another, and then another, then another. And how do you kind of make sure that it doesn't go into that? How do you, where do you draw the line between giving them the right environment and not making it where they, they think they're running the place, if that kind of makes sense? So these employees were actually doing their work, but they they ended up having inflated egos over the, the work that they were doing? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they created a toxic environment saying, in the sense that that vibe of, you know what, I'm in charge, I know what I'm doing. Whereas some, some people are outspoken and some people are not. And the ones that are not outspoken, not an extrovert, will feel a bit shy and intimidated and, you know, kind of end up doing a little bit of their work over time. You know, it starts off with the right intentions and then it becomes kind of that level. So you have certain employees taking over other people's work in that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like, I mean, just in that case, that there's a, a lack of, like it's siloed, right? So there's a lack of collaboration in a way or a desire for collaboration. And it sounds like maybe there wasn't as much communication or check-ins as, as needed in that instance. I mean, also there weren't really firm boundaries in terms of who's doing what. And also maybe, you know, the right delegation of who's doing the right work, you know, for, for the right person. Um, so I'd, I'd be curious. I think it's, it sounds like there's like multiple components that go along with that situation. But in terms of remote work, you know, that is such a different beast in terms of, you know, what, how are you solidifying trust and relationships in those instances, right? Do you have the, do you have the camera on as much as possible? You know, right. do you have check-ins as much as possible? Like are there defined work you know, work outcomes that need to happen from each employee and are your other employees, right? Do they feel connected as well? Other than just, you know, you and your supervisor. And so I'd, I'd like to explore all of those different areas and kind of examine that situation a little bit more. Now, I'd be curious to see, you know, where that ego is coming from as well. Sure. Okay. That's, that's very interesting to know. Cause yeah, I mean, obviously it's not uh, what I gave you wasn't a uh, in-depth scenario it was just uh, just was what i observed many years ago and and just wanted to know your view on it we are now coming towards the end of the show and people that want to connect with you uh want to find out more about what you do any events you're possibly running what's the best way to connect with you yeah well if, if you want to have a direct line of communication with me linkedin tends to be the best place so if you looked up if you look up dr benjamin ritter on linkedin send me a message i will reply 100 percent uh, you can also go to my website at liveforyourselfconsulting.com and all my links are there. So I post once a week on YouTube. I do a lot. Of, I do most of my posts on LinkedIn, to be honest. Uh, but my, also my emails there as well. Feel free to connect in any way. I mean, all, all the description of my coaching services and events are on that website as well. Awesome. Um, any last words before we end the show? Keep on living for yourself. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you. I hope you got some great value and insights from this episode. If, and if you're someone who wants to transition from being an employee to an entrepreneur, then I have some great free resources for you. If you visit www.jazbearaurora.com, that's www.jazbearaurora.com, and drop me a line, I will send you an ebook and also a one-hour masterclass. And also, um, go and take the Escape the 95 survey. Uh, which will help you understand where you are right now um, and where the gaps are in your knowledge to transition from being an employee to an entrepreneur. And if you're a business and you need help growing or if you have any uh, issues that you'd like to discuss, then yeah, once again, visit the website and I'll be more than happy to help you. Thank you for listening.